The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com events where you can get your tickets. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election. Sean, you know oh, that. Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, the special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. We keep you up to date every evening with the general election campaign with our experts. And today we are joined by two of our finest and most intrepid election reporters who are out in the field. Jennifer Bray and Simon Carswell. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello. Uh, Jen, you're in Mayo uh, this evening. You have been following Derek Leary uh, around, who as well as being a Mayo TD, uh, is obviously also Fianna Fáil's Director of Elections. Indeed, yes, I'm the party's deputy leader. And yes, I'm here in Ballina at the moment, following him around on a canvas. He's just up ahead of me, pegging it from, from door to door like a man possessed. Obviously, there's only a week left, so they're all kind of really trying to get the last few estates or the last couple of areas that they haven't managed yet. So, um, so yeah, it's pretty intense. But a uh, couple of things coming up down here, local, national issues, and it's all the stuff that I think you would expect. And that's health care, that's housing, and that's transport, state of the roads, infrastructure, um, access to GPs, all that kind of stuff. So it is kind of what you'd expect, but and obviously the added element of Mayo sort of feeling like it's been left out of any of the economic recovery that we, we hear so much about. Now, in terms of the electoral contest in just over a week's time, tell me about Mayo. It's a Fine Gael stronghold. They had three, they had four, I think, out of five seats at one point. They had, then they had three out of five. It's reduced to four seats at the last election. They got two out of two, 50% of the vote, very good result. Um, difficult to dislodge them from those two seats. Very difficult. And you're right, like this is a constituency that has been a, a Fine Gael stronghold for quite some time. Uh, we've had many kind of Fine Gael heavy hitters over the years um, and obviously uh, one outgoings uh, and, uh, and Kenny, obviously. So, 
What we're left with is uh, kind of a, a battle for the four seats and we have Derek Leary, uh, who I'm here with now, and also Lisa Chambers for Fianna Fáil. Um, and then, of course, we have Michael Ring, Fine Gael, and then two other Fine Gael candidates, Michelle Mulhern and Alan Dillon, the former footballer, um, who are both hoping to kind of get in behind him for the second seat. So I'd say, and in fact, from what I'm hearing, the competition between them two is quite intense. Um, and uh, the feeling is on the ground that it is likely to be the same to Fianna Fáil, to Fianna Gael. The only caveat, I suppose, I would add is that Saoirse McHugh is obviously running a mill. She's very popular. She's she shoots from the hip. I know you were talking about her yesterday in the podcast. She's she's very she's very well known, I think, amongst younger voters now. Is it younger voters who go actually go out to the ballot box? Probably not. But she's also likely to be quite transfer friendly. Um, so it would be really interesting to see where how she does. She could cause a surprise. It's, it is possible. But as of now, just from being around the area and talking to people. There is a feeling that Dara will top the poll um, and then those three seats will go to one, one, one more Fianna Fáil or two Fianna Gaelers. Because Lisa Chambers as well. I mean, two very significant Fianna Fáilers in that constituency, two of the most high-profile high uh, front benchers. Yes, exactly. Extremely high-profile. Um, like I said, Dara Cleary's deputy leader, Lisa Chambers, uh, Brexit spokeswoman, and she's been front and centre for the party. She's really a key part of the, uh, the Fianna, Gael, Fianna Fáil messaging. Um, when you see uh, Micheál Martin talking about his team, when you see the, the party ads, you see Lisa Chambers' face. So, you know, uh, I think she will really benefit from her national profile. And um, She's also obviously very outspoken on the Eighth Amendment and uh, really kind of was part of the... Fianna Fáil party that pushed for a yes vote. Dara obviously would have been the, the I say, the most high-profile member of the Fianna Fáil party to, to have pushed for a no vote. So it's interesting kind of social divide, but from going around different houses here in the area and talking to people, it hasn't come up once, um, which isn't to say people don't care about it, that's not what I'm saying at all, but, you know, um, I asked Dara Kaliri, was it something that was being said to him, even privately, when he's on his own on the doorstep? Right. Now, Simon, very different. Loud, a real bear pit of a constituency, but there's going to be a, there's going to be a real struggle for the last two seats there. It is. It's a real bellwether for the election overall. There's five seats here. There are three seats which are kind of regarded as being uh, clear and outright when it comes to who might get them in terms of the parties. There's thought to be a Fianna Gael seat here, thought to be a Fianna Fáil seat here, and thought to be one Sinn Féin seat. And then there's a bear fight between uh, a handful of, a can- of candidates for the last two seats. There's Labour's Jed Nash, who's very prominent in the Drogheda area. There's the Green Party's Mark Deary. There's Fianna Gael candidate John McGahan. And then there's sitting independent TD Peter Fitzpatrick who was formerly with Fianna Gael and then finally there's Fianna Fáil councillor James Byrne so it's between those that group of candidates for the final two seats So interestingly it's another constituency where there's a former party leader stepping down and retiring from the front line of politics in the shape of Gerry Adams they delivered he delivered two Sinn Féin seats in the constituency last time the only constituency in Ireland where Sinn Féin won two seats Um, who's favoured if Sinn Féin are under pressure who's favoured to hold on to one seat at least. Well, it's looking like uh, Rory Omoroku, who's the 41-year-old uh, councillor uh, who's uh, regarded as being a shoe-in for the seat up uh, in the northern part of the constituency. This is kind of very uh, very hard kind of Republican area. It's uh, regarded as an area of the county that Gerry Adams has done very well in the past. A lot of pressure on Rory Omoroku, of course. He said, he said that no one wants to be the person who loses Gerry Adams' seat. So it's obviously a lot of pressure for a young, uh, young Sinn Féin uh, candidate. 
it. But he's he seems to be doing quite well up here. We just spent the afternoon wandering around a housing estate, a council estate up here, Cox's Domain, which is near Dundalk uh, Town Centre. And this would be a very strong Sinn Féin voting area. Uh, Rory Murku said in the past that Jerry Adams is something of a rock star status and certainly walking around that estate you felt that you were in the company of a political rock star. He was very popular, people coming out, uh, talking to him, guaranteeing that they were going to vote for Rory even though Jerry Adams was not standing uh, in this election. So it looks like it's a very solid area for Sinn Féin and, and pretty much guaranteed that they will win one seat. The issue arises for Imelda Staunton for the for the for the one of the seats that's been fought for. She's down in the Drawhead area in the south, the southern part of the constituency. So it's an issue for her as to whether she's going to get re-elected. You know, Jerry Adams says that this is a, a constituency that they feel has been republicanised. They feel that there's enough strong support here for their principles for United Ireland. It's a strongly Republican area. So he says if we get our vote out on the day in the constituency that he's pretty comfortable that they will get the two seats again. Right. We should point out that Imelda Staunton is an excellent British actor and Imelda Munster is, is standing for Sinn Féin. But uh, otherwise that sounds like a, a pretty accurate sum- summation of, of what's at stake there. And um, to bring it out then from the more local to the more national, um, Jen, you, you were talking to Derek Caleri about how, how the Fianna Fáil campaign is going and you asked him about some of the attacks on their fitness for office from Fine Gael. Can I ask for your opinion on kind of the Fine Gael attack, which is um, that they're the only party that can be trusted on Brexit and the economy? Look, it's nonsense. Uh, they've been in office for nine years now. They're fighting the 2016 campaign again, saying we will deal with all the issues. But tell that to somebody on a physio waiting list, on an OT waiting list. In relation to Brexit, you know, we have shown complete support for the government strategy on Brexit since 2016. We are a member of the ALDE group, which is five prime ministers. We will hit the ground running in uh, relation to the Brexit negotiations. This is an important phase, but we have stu- stood the test of time in terms of our connections in Europe and dealing with Europe and we will absolutely be well able to wear the green jersey for Ireland. And um, if Micheál Martin's not successful, when does the heave start? There will be no heave and I'm very confident, Jen. I know you come all the way to Mayo to cause trouble. <laughs> so we'll send you back now. Absolutely confident we're going to have a good campaign. I think he's been the leader of the campaign. He's shown great passion and fire in the debates. Another one tonight. Big one. So Jennifer, there's you sent back with a flea in your ear on the train back to Dublin this evening by, by Derek Caleri. Um, he, he had to walk that walk that Fianna Fáil have to do all the time, saying on the one hand we're the party of change and the one, on the other hand there'd be no change because we're the party of continuity. Uh, yeah, so I, as you can hear there, he was very smooth the way he brought that conversation from talking about uh, the attacks that Fine Gael are making in relation to the economy and, you know, tell that to the, the person on the waiting list. thought that was quite smooth. Um, but, you know, on one of the first doors that we knocked, uh, Iman answered and he said that uh, it's time that we stop looking back. It's time that we stop talking about the past. We need to start looking to the future. Yes, I know what happened with the economy but it's time for a change and you're getting my vote. And there is that mood around here, to be honest. I know uh, Derek Leary is actually quite uh, popular around here, but uh, he, Derek Leary is basically brushing off the Fine Gael attacks and sticking to the party line, which is we are the people who will sort out the crisis, crises in health and, and housing and Fine Gael can attack away all they like, but it's not going to work. And that's, that's the message I got here. OK, listen... I know I've been banging on about the many benefits of being an Irish Times subscriber for ages now, but you can do that by popping over to irishtimes.com slash subscribe. And this evening I have a real world example of the benefits that you get from being a subscriber in the form of a live Inside Politics uh, election event next Wednesday evening in Trinity College, Dublin, where I will be joined by Fintan O'Toole, uh, by Jennifer O'Connell, by Jennifer Bray, by Mary Minahan and by Pat Leahy to discuss all the ins and outs of general election 2020. What more could you wish for? And there's plenty more goodies on the way for all of you who have made the wise decision to subscribe. So that's irishtimes.com 
patreon.com slash subscribe. Now, Simon, somebody who may not be such uh, a fan of the Irish Times and all its work is uh, Jerry Adams, the, the former Sinn Féin leader, because you asked him about the story which we ran earlier this week about the position of the Ard Corla of Sinn Féin and how it makes its decisions. The Ard Corla business, is that coming up on the doorsteps? No, no, it's nonsense. I, I'm actually... I'm actually quite surprised that the Irish Times, which first surfaced this story, uh, didn't look at all the other parties. Here's Fianna Foy with an Ard Corla and uh, a candidate's pledge. People are, are long past all of that. People are living in relative peace. People know, they know Rory, they know me, they know all the other folks around, they know Mary, Mary Lou. So people know that this is just desperation, plucking for some sort of a mad distraction. But more Sheena Muller checking in with Ted Howell, Porrick Wilson, is there, not, is there not some level of concern? Should people be concerned that he's checking their opinions before he can sign off something as a Minister for Finance? Well, Ted Howell and Podrick Wilson are, are both valued members of the Sinn Féin team for a very, very long time. Ted worked with me. He was actually uh, taken out of semi-retirement by Martin McGuinness to advise on the whole RHI thing. Uh, again, I hear Michal Martin on this. You know, me, Michal Martin met Ted Hall quite a number of times. Uh, he also famously is a co-author, the two of them, of a, a wonderful cookbook which we produced. So there you are, uh, Simon, two cosy old gentlemen uh, who prefer to just to, to rustle up a lasagna or something these days. But uh, I mean, that you were referring just for anybody who doesn't know to a, a part of Sam McBride's book about the Cash for Ash scandal, where it was revealed that Martino Muller, who was the relevant Sinn Féin minister, went off to West Belfast to check with those two gentlemen if it was OK to proceed as planned. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a point of contention for a lot of the other parties. If Fianna Fáil has made a big deal of the fact that this emerged in the Cash for Ash scandal in the inquiry, that you had a very senior figure, a representative of Sinn Féin, elected representative, seeking the views of former senior Republicans uh, as to what they thought of the position that the Sinn Féin was taking politically in relation to that scandal. And so you have uh, politicians, uh, uh, Leo Varadkar and Micheál Martin said, well, you know, who exactly is pulling the strings here? Is, is, is West Belfast dictating to Sinn Féin in Dublin and Sinn Féin at Stormont what it should be doing? And that's raised a level of concern for those parties. And they're obviously, as you can hear, Jerry Adams, he's playing it down. He's saying this is nonsense. Um, it's, it's a mad distraction as he put it so they're, they're trying to just play it down is that it's it's not a big issue it's just like any minister getting advice from a political advisor yeah it sounds like you have the dogs in the street I don't know if it's the dogs in the street who know that Jerry Adams was in the IRA but there's some kind of dogs <laughs> in the street there anyway listen Jennifer we'll have to wrap it up pretty soon but I mean this is now the crucial last weekend this is the last chance to make contact with you know with, with people hard work ahead for everybody including yourself yeah I mean I'm Grant uh, all I need is my uh, massive jug of coffee in the morning and um, that gets me through. But yeah, it, there's a really intense few days coming up. Um, like I said, canvassers will really redouble their efforts in, in all the different constituencies across the country. Politicians will redouble their attacks. You can maybe expect things to get a little bit more heated in uh, debates such as the, the one-to-one debate next week. That will really be potentially, uh, I, wouldn't, I won't go as far as saying a game changer, but... Uh, it'll be a big night and there'll be a lot of pressure on the on the two party leaders. Um, and then as we move towards the end of next week, I think we can expect to see a lot of kind of press conferences wrap it, wrapping up the, the campaign. And after that, it's uh, in the hands of the voter 
who get to decide the mandate for the next five years. So it's exciting times. It is indeed exciting. But finally, Simon, to you then, um, you're just a couple of miles away from the border. Brexit Day is tomorrow. Uh, Irish unity is the top of Sinn Féin's agenda. You've been covering Brexit very intensively for the last couple of years. Do you think it's going to be a significant event in any way or is it just going to slip by? Well, I think it's going to slip by. I think it's largely symbolic because of the transition period, which puts everything on ice. It kind of creates a kind of twilight period until the end of 2020 where everything's going to stay the same. So people really won't feel Brexit until the end of the year. And really, we're heading for another cliff edge. It's whether there's going to be a trade deal or not. And if there isn't a trade deal, uh, then we're in trouble again. So we'll be back to the same old, you know, minute to midnight. Is there uh, is there going to be a deal done or not? So uh, I think people aren't really going to feel it for some time. Right, we'll see. Well, ho- hopefully it'll put those dogs out of their misery at some point. Anyway, there's a really... The dogs aren't in Louth. I don't know where the dogs are. <laughs> They're here. They're here with me. Uh... I better go. <laughs> you better. You, it sounds like you better had. All right. Listen, Jen, thanks. Thanks very much also to Simon. Thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon. You can find us on all the usual podcast platforms. You can also get us at irishtimes.com slash podcast. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can usually find us on Twitter. Uh, until the next time, thanks for listening. I, do you, it's a bit of a howler with the Imelda Staunton. I'm sorry. Do you, do, you want to, do you want to do a drop-in? I mean, I don't mind... I'm looking at Declan on that. I thought it was kind of funny. We we kind of have one of these every day now because Harry Harry McGee mentioned Laura Whitmore standing in Wicklow. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough.